0: You're listening to Thank You Five, a podcast devoted to Omaha's vibrant performing arts scene. My name is Dana Schweiger, and I've worked in Omaha theater for over 25 years. I'm sitting down with directors, performers, musicians, technicians, and designers to discuss their artistic talent, their passion, and why they continue to call Omaha home. Jim Boggess is resident music director at the Omaha Community Playhouse. He has won the Theater Arts Guild Award for music director seven times. For Ella, Les Mis, Bat Boy the Musical, Ragtime, A Man of No Importance, Violet, and The Secret Garden. Jim has also appeared on stage in La aux Fall, which he won the Tag Award for Best Actor in a Musical, among other shows. He has a bachelor's degree in piano performance from the University of Nebraska at Omaha. Jim
1: Boggess, welcome to the Green Room. Thank you. I'm so glad you asked me.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. Hopefully, um, I noticed my neighbors across the street are having a roof put on, so hopefully they won't, <laughs> Hopefully we won't hear a lot of banging.
1: Well, I hope they get that roof on before the rain hits yeah, tonight. Yeah, really, no yeah. kidding.
0: So I like to start with all my guests at the very beginning. I know it says that you received your degree from the University of Nebraska at Omaha, but are you an Omaha native? Are you from Omaha originally?
1: No. Uh-uh. No, no. That it's kind of a long and winding road, well, maybe not that long, but winding certainly. I didn't move to Omaha till 1974, and uh, so where where did you grow up? I born I was born and raised in Esterville, Iowa, which is this little town in northwest Iowa, not very far from Waukesha, and uh, that's where I spent the first 18 years of my life, and then. I went to the University of Northern Iowa as a vocal major. I was a, back then I was a tenor. And uh, so I was a vocal major. But after three years there, I, I hated school. I hated it. All I, but I loved doing the, sh- I loved doing shows, right? So I did all the shows, but I never went to class. And um, <laughs> I mean, like never. And, uh, um, it, you know, so I quit. But I quit because I worked at the Mule Barn Theater in Tarkio, Missouri for two summers. And my second summer, they had auditions for the Firehouse Brigade. And I could, I've always been able to play piano, when I had lessons and stuff like that. And I loved to play and, uh, as much as I loved anything else. And, and they, were, they were looking for a piano player to play for the brigade and then to wait tables. And so I auditioned for it and I got the job and that's when I told mom and dad and my voice teacher and all these people that I wasn't coming back. And, um, that kind of went over like a lead balloon, but it didn't really matter to me. So I left. And, uh, so in the fall of 74, I got here and I started working at the firehouse and I had a, we had a ball. I mean, not just me, we all had a ball and, um, I worked there on and off for a long time, like for eight years or something like that. Eight or nine years. I can't remember how long. And then Jim and Pam Kalal, who... Do you know Jim and Pam? I don't. Great people. They're just great. They were in the brigade with me. And we eventually sort of split off in the brigade and started our own act. And we worked for like almost two years at M's every weekend. Okay. And then... Um, God, what happened after that? Then we went out to California. We went to LA. And um I really hated LA. Really really bad. And they didn't. They liked it. So I stayed for about 6 months and then I I came home. I just didn't didn't like it and I was homesick. Mm-hmm. By that time Omaha was my home and I wanted to come home cuz mm-hmm. I'm kind of a I'm a nester, you yeah. know, in a way. Yep. So I came back home and um I stopped drinking in 1987 and drugging, and that was a big turning point in my life. And so around 19, I I started started working more, and that's when I started music directing and, and stuff like that. And then in 90, I think about 90 or 91, I went back to school. And I had to start, I was like 40 years old or something like that. And I had to, I I had to start all over again. Nothing would transfer. Well, how could it? I never went.
2: Right. So, you know,
1: (laughs) so I started all over again and that, and I went to UNO as a piano major. And I finally knew why I wanted to go to school. All I wanted to do was learn how to play better. And I had two marvelous teachers. I had Harry Payne, who was, um, I think, a genius changed everything about the way I played. I was playing things I never in the world thought I would be able to play. And then when Harry retired, I was lucky enough to have Marsha Johnson for about a year, year and a half. And that's so, so I graduated in 95 and then I did a year of, of uh, master's work. But then I got off at a really good gig, so I quit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jim Bagus, thank you for coming on the podcast. Sure, it was,
2: it was like the,
0: You crammed everything in like five minutes. I'm sorry, I no, no, that no, no, was really no, no. long. No, no, I'm just teasing. Well, we can talk no, we about will. any other. We it. will. Yeah. We'll go back. We'll go back. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll go back. No, I just had to say
1: that. Just, I'm sorry. No, just, no,
0: no. I just, it was funny. It was a funny. First no, stream of consciousness. No, it was great. It was great. So we will, we'll, we'll backtrack just a little bit, and then, sure, and then we'll go forward. So you were interested when you first started out, then. You said vocal vocal performance. I wanted to is, be a star. You wanted to be a star. Yeah. So, okay. So we'll <laughs> go back a little bit. So, when did that love of theater first hit you?
1: Oh my goodness. I think if my mother hadn't gotten married and had nine children, she would have been an actress. Okay. She's a wonderful actress, and um, she had a great love for movies and the theater and for music, and she had a lovely alto voice, and um, she, um, she and my dad, who also just loved music, I don't know if he was that much into music theater, but he loved music, I was raised sort of with it, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think we had, we had two albums in the house, two long playing albums, and one of them was Doris Day's Love Me or Leave Me Mm -hmm. soundtrack, and, um, so that was the first album that I ever listened to. And I just thought, oh, I have to see that movie. And I was in love with the movies, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the first stage show that I saw was a high school production of Carousel when I was, I'm going to say I was in sixth grade or something like that. And I went to it to a student matinee of it at, in Esterville. And it was really good. They had a good music department, I, I remember saying to myself, I remember just, it was just like a light came on and I just went, that's what I want to do.
2: Hmm.
1: And then from then on, that was it. Mm-hmm. That was all I wanted.
0: How many, uh, how big is Esterville? How many, how many people?
1: Well, at the time I lived there, there were 9,000 people. It's less now because industry has left and stuff like that. They struggle mm-hmm. now and it's really a shame because mm-hmm. it's a nice town, although I couldn't wait to leave it.
0: Yeah. Do, yeah. you st- do you still have your family out there?
1: Yeah, I have a couple of sisters and a brother up there. Okay. <laughs> and so um, I, I, I don't go up nearly as often as I ought to, but I, but I do go up, and they like to come down here, so mm-hmm. we're cool.
0: Yeah. When you were in high school, I'm assuming that you participated in the plays and the musicals?
1: Oh, yeah. I did all the leads. You did all the yeah.
0: leads. Of course you did. I did. Of course you did. did. Course you did. did. So what, <laughs> <laughs> what shows were you in?
1: Oh, my God. When I was in high school? Um, the first one I was in was Little Abner. And I, I was not the star of that. I was Dr. Schleifitz and uh, Ensemble. And then junior year, I was Tony in West Side Story. Mm. <laughs> I think we were the first high school to do that show in Iowa okay so anyway but, but you know this is back before indoor toilets right. and then um, senior year oh senior year we did the music man and I didn't get to be Harold Hill I was Marcellus and it really hacked me off I was yeah. really really upset about it but then I realized that Marcellus was a lot more fun mm-hmm. so that was okay but I I hated that guy that was Harold Hill I just <laughs> hated him but now I really like him a lot <laughs>
0: So when you went off to Northern Iowa, I'm uh-huh. assuming you participated in those shows as well. Yes,
1: I sure did. I sure did. It was sort of the uh, sort of my salvation, really. I think I really would have been lost without it. They had a a good music theater department at UNI, and it was headed by a woman named Jane Burkhead, who really uh, she and I she was my voice teacher, and we got on really, really well, and uh, we did what did we do we did you're a good man Charlie Brown we did West Side Story again oh I sang the lead in an opera I almost forgot about that I was I was Michele in the Saint of Bleecker Street by Manati uh <laughs> when I was a junior or something like that I can't remember And a bunch of other stuff. Um, Pirates of Penzance, I was the major general. Oh, yes. (laughs) What a blast. That was really, really fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. But I had to leave. Yeah.
0: Understandable. Understandable. Did you take piano lessons then when you were a kid, or when did you actually start taking piano lessons?
1: I started uh, when I was a little kid. Uh, My mom made us all take lessons for a year, and then if you wanted to, you could go on. Um, but But you had to take for a year and i took for a year and then i and i quit because i didn't like my teacher eh. but but then when i was in but i kept you know doing my own thing on the piano and then when i got to be a freshman in high school my my best girlfriend her older sister had moved back to town with her husband and was she was a mar- marvelous pianist and she i took from her and that That's what really started it because she let me play things that she let me play jazz and she let me play Gershwin and she, um, along with classics and and, um, she just gave me a really, she was really good. Mm -hmm. I just really liked her a lot. Yeah.
0: At what moment did you decide that performing on stage wasn't going to be as fulfilling as being in the pit?
1: Well, I'll tell you there, it was a couple of things. I lost my voice when I was at UNI, the last year I was at UNI, and I could never figure it out. And I've, I've come to realize since then that it's because I've had reflux for about 40 years, mm. and now, I, now it's treated. But at the time, back, back in the 70s, nobody knew about that. It was mm-hmm. like one day I could sing and the next day I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I and,
0: couldn't. And, and, and I'm going like to diverge now into a medical thing for a second. Did you have the heartburn or was it the silent reflux?
1: Uh, it was heartburn. Terrible heartburn. Okay. Terrible.
0: Is I have silent reflux. Oh, that's bad too. And and I didn't, you know. I mean, I didn't. You just know, don't realize and, it. Well, you don't realize you just it. Just think then all I of have a an upset like, stomach. Or and well, and for me was I would get sick and I would lose my voice and I'm like, uh-huh. why am I losing my voice after I've been on the Z pack? And then finally, it was because of the reflux and the silence the of it. So that's now, okay. if I start coughing a lot. I know it's that you know because it I don't feel it. And then I'll like take Tums or whatever, and then my cough goes away.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. it, it really mm-hmm. helps. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've been on Omeprazole for about eh, 20-some years, I guess. And it really works, does the job for me. But, you know, it's hereditary, and my father had terrible reflux. And he also had, you know, terrible ulcers and, you know, stuff like that. My mom did, too. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, it yeah. runs in the genes. It yeah. really does.
0: So you had lost your voice.
1: Yeah, I lost my voice and and I lost my way. I was really I mean, you know, that was everything to me. And I thought, well, the only way I can think of to maybe one day get this back is just to shut up. You know, I'm I'm going to have to just not you know. And and I also thought I also thought and I still think this is true that she overworked me a little bit, you know, and and really gave a young voice too much to do Mm
2: -hmm.
1: uh, too a little too much too soon and so i think that there was some strain there but i never had nodes or anything like that nobody could figure out what was wrong with me you know right so anyway um about the time that that happened was the time I, i went to my second season of tarkio and i thought i just can't i can't go back there there's no reason for me to go back there oh and also i had been a piano minor. Okay. Along with that, so, okay. so anyway, this job came up at the firehouse, and I thought, well, I can still play the piano, and then I can still at least be around theater. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can do that. But it turned out, it turned out that I absolutely loved it. You know, it it took a while. We, um, the firehouse was a the brigade was a, a, a we were singing waiters basically, singing and dancing waiters, but somebody had to play the piano. So, uh, and so that was me and we did a little 15 minute pre-show before whatever main show they were doing. And then we made all the drinks and served them and all that stuff. And you made a ton of money, you know, I mean, you know, I was walking out of there with three, $400 a week in tips right. and that was a lot in 1974, mm-hmm. 1975, mm-hmm. but, uh, let's see. So. I got, I'm going to try not to get off the subject because sometimes I really do.
0: No, and that's okay. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I, good. I mean, forgive me. No, you're but, good.
1: Um, so while I was at the firehouse, I got to work with a guy named, uh, Leland Ball did a lot of shows at the, he directed a lot of shows at the, at the firehouse and he was from New York and he was, um, and it was an equity house. Mm-hmm. So I met a lot of people that were in equity, you know, that came through to do shows. But Leland um, uh, used me in a few of his orchestras. John Bennett and I did I Do, I Do as a two piano show way back in the dark ages. And, but boy, we had a lot of fun. We had a great time. Uh, and um, so, you know, I played for a few shows. And then Leland hired me to do my first road show, which was a show called Red Dog. And it was a Western. And again, I was not ready for it. I wasn't ready. It wasn't, it wasn't that I couldn't play it. I didn't know how to music direct. I didn't. Sure. I didn't know how to deal with other musicians because right. I was just a piano player. You know. Right. So it was a lot. You know. But I, that experience taught me an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, parts of it were good. Parts of it were not good. I just remember being scared most of the time. Mm-hmm. Really scared mm-hmm. to show my ignorance
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I was ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> No, I didn't know anything. Sure, sure. But anyway, so I did that. And then I ran back to the firehouse like a scared little rabbit and, and, and did my thing there. So that's. Uh, uh, and I really didn't start music directing again until I'd come back from California. And I started to. I st- started to. I did sober up. And then, um, and then Dick Mueller called me from the firehouse and asked me if I would music direct nonsense for him. And I thought, why would you want me? <laughs> my God, I was so terrible in Red Dog. I, I just didn't know what I was doing. I was so awful, you know. So I, so I called my sponsor. And I said, <laughs> and I said um, you won't believe what just happened. I said, remember that guy I told you about that I used to work for? He just called me up and asked me to music direct Nonsense. And she said, what well, did you tell him? And I said, I, I told him no. I said, <laughs> I said, I couldn't possibly do such a thing. And she said, you call him right back and you tell him yes. That's what, you're going to do it. And I went, but I don't. And she went, you're going to do it. She said, what are you going to do? you Are going to wait tables for the rest of your life? Is that what you want to do? I went, no, I don't. And she went, well, that's, call him back and tell him yes. So I did. Best, best thing that ever happened to me. One of the best things that ever happened to me. So uh, that show ran for six months. And we could have run it for a year. Six mo- A six-month run at that dinner theater was unbelievable. Right. You know, but it was, I mean sold out every single night. You couldn't get a ticket. And I had a small band, but I had a band. And I sort of realized that I didn't have to know everything, you know, that I could actually go, well, what do you think? You know, do you think it'd be better if we did it this way? Or, you know, and then I got, and I got to work with these six wonderful female singers, you know, and I love women. I love women. I love working with women. And you know, and they would, they all had their different ways, you know, and and uh, you would say, well, how do you want to phrase this? And how, how do you want to do this? Or they'd tell me the way they wanted to phrase something. So it was, I learned a, a lot that, at, during that time.
0: Now, did you pick the musicians at that point? Did you have enough contacts to pick the musicians yourself? Or did Dick pick them for you? Was it a combination?
1: Um, it was kind of a combination because uh, some of them, had had already worked at the Firehouse in bands a lot. And it was a small combo. I think it was piano, bass, drums, and we might have had a reed. Uh, we did have a reed because it was Mitch Fuller. Piano, bass, and drums and a reed. Yeah, that's how we started. But then then I directed some more shows for him where we used, you know, like a slightly bigger orchestra, but you really couldn't use a big orchestra at the Firehouse because right. there wasn't any place there wasn't to room. put them. Yeah. So uh, – but I, you know, I have to say, I, I, I learned an awful lot from, from, that, uh, from, from that experience. And, um, and I owe Dick Mueller the chance, you know, the chance that he gave me. He didn't have to do that.
2: Mm-hmm. I,
1: to this day, I don't know why he did, but he did. And then he wanted me back. And so, you know, so I give him a lot of credit for that.
0: What did you do when you were out in L.A.? I mean, I know you were only there. I so- drank.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, d- I know you were only there for six months. I <laughs> drank a lot.
1: <laughs> well, we were, we were, you know, we were this trio, and, right? And so what we were going to do was, we were, we, we knew this guy who wrote, who wrote stuff for this woman named. Um, uh, Marsha Lewis, mm-hmm. who was uh, really who was a comic and a singer and uh, of some repute, and she had done a one-woman show at the at the firehouse, and everybody had loved her. And so this guy said, "You know, the three of you should come out and do this, and we'll style and act around you, and we'll do this stuff." And so we did, but we never, you know, you have to work, right? You know, and it's expensive out there, mm-hmm. and um, and the I, you know, it was just we didn't really the problem with the problem with trying to be a Vegas act in LA is or in Vegas is that if you're in LA first you have to have a manager and then the the manager has to get you get you an LA agent but for an LA agent to want you they'd have to see you and that means they'd have to come to LA and they're in Vegas mm. which is not that far away but still right. you know Right. Why would they, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, so we performed at a few things like, you know, open mic nights at the Laugh Factory and stuff like that. And we weren't bad. Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't bad. And, and, and the new material that we, that we learned was really good. But, but nobody ever saw us, right. you know? Right. And then we were so busy working. God, the worst freaking jobs you could possibly imagine. And I, I, and I, got, I was home, so homesick was so homesick I just cried all the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, when I wasn't crying I was drinking and when I wasn't well, sometimes I was drinking and crying so right. you know yep um, but it wasn't a good place for me to be but it was a very important step for me on my road to sobriety so mm-hmm. so I don't I don't regret it right at all
0: so you come back to Omaha. Mm-hmm. and then was it at that point, that you um, got the job at the Playhouse? Oh no, no, okay. no, 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 no! <laughs> I
1: I came back to Omaha and I went. I worked at uh, M's Pub. Oh, that's right. And I had worked at M's before as a lunch waiter. Okay. So they they, God bless them. They gave me a job. So uh, I got back there and I was waiting tables there. And uh,
0: were you doing any theater at that point, or playing piano mm-hmm. for anyone?
1: I was playing piano in a gay bar. I was playing. It doesn't exist anymore. And I can't remember the name of it, but it was in the old market, and it' it was in the basement of the Godfathers building, mm-hmm. you know, where Godfathers yep. is on, on How Weird Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, it mm-hmm. was down there. Uh, so I did that, and I waited tables and um, and I worked at a, a bookstore in Benson. It was actually a, a new age bookstore and office supplies. <laughs> 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 oh my god! I think that's so funny. <laughs> it's so stupid, but <laughs> but it was kind of fun. So um, uh, so no, I I didn't uh, uh I moved back to Omaha in about eighty four or something, and I didn't go back to school until like ninety one. Okay, uh, I got sober in eighty seven. Okay. But I did a lot of shows at the Firehouse, you know, as a music director. Did, okay. I did Robert Bridegroom. I did. Um, uh, we did Nonsense Two. We did Nonsense and again. I think I can't remember if I directed that though. Robert Bridegroom, Best Little Horror House in Texas. I did that a couple of times down there. Um, so I worked a lot at the Fire. Oh, oh, Pump Boys and Dinettes.
2: Oh
0: yes.
1: Um, we did. We did that and. Um, I, uh, that must have been uh, one of the last shows I did there. Because, oh, and of course, Nonsense, you know. I, um, n- nonsense was after, all this happened after I stopped drinking. Right, so you, you move
0: know? back. Yep, and so you move back, you start working again at the Firehouse as well as M's.
1: Didn't work at the Firehouse again until 88, 80, Okay. Because that's when I met Rick. I met him at the firehouse because he came for one night with a friend of ours to see Nonsense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And 31 years later. And 31 years later. (laughs) (laughs) What can I tell you?
0: (laughs) Did you stay with the firehouse up until it closed?
1: Uh, More or less, yeah. Um, uh, the The last show I did there was Pump Boys and Dinette's. And we did it for a long time, but it it wasn't because it was selling. I don't really know why we did it as long as we did. It was a good show, though. It really mm-hmm. was. Ralph Smith was in it, and me and a guy named Jeff Hensel, who's from Illinois. Deanna Mumgard, who—I'd just come off of a tour of um, a Big River, mm-hmm. and that's where I met Deanna. And um, what was that other girl's name? I can't remember. But she was just absolutely darling. Anyway, we uh, that was we had a ball. That was really really fun. Um, and Dick directed that show. So, okay. and I think that was the last one I did for him. And I I think shortly after that it closed. But I, it, that's a little bit foggy sure. in my mind. No,
0: that's okay. And then you went to UNO.
1: Right. I started back at UNO in I believe it was nineteen ninety. I think nineteen ninety. Yeah
0: and you got your degree in piano performance.
1: Right. I did. And and I and all this time I had lot, you know you have to have lots of jobs to, to support yourself when you're in school. Yep. And one of mine was I played in the pit a lot for the Playhouse.
2: Oh, okay. I mean
1: I worked with Bennett, you okay. know, Forever in a Day and we were really good friends because we'd met at Tarkio. Right. Um when I was down there and then Jonathan Cole mm-hmm. who was just like my best friend, and we worked together constantly, and uh, yeah. So I did I did lots of pit work at the Playhouse. Okay. Never expected to be the music director. Right, didn't want to be. Right, but because uh, I knew I knew how what a big job it was. Right, and I, I didn't know about that. But um, what happened was I got my degree, and then I got hired to go up to Toronto for I think I was there for 6 or 7 months and I did a show called Patsy not to be confused with always. always Patsy right This was Patsy and it was about Patsy Klein, but it was an original show and I got to oh my god I can't believe who I worked with First of all this incredible woman named Gail Bliss was Patsy Klein, and she my god she sounded exactly like her she was magnificent um they brought it they brought up um the remaining Jordanaires to work with the quartet. Mm. The Jordanaires. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Jordanaires. They played you know, with Patsy and with Elvis, and they were on all those original recordings. They knew everything. Then to work the band, they brought up Harold Bradley. Harold Bradley played bass on all of those sessions of Patsy's, and Elvis's, and all that stuff. And his brother produced all of Patsy's recordings. Well, I mean, you know, it was like a walking history book. And these guys knew so much about stuff. They just knew. And they had the best stories in the whole world. And um, and so we did this show for, I think it ran for eight months, but I only did it for six because while I was up there, the the Playhouse called and, and said, would you like to be our staff music director? And because um, Jonathan was going to leave. And I said, you bet. Because by that time I had a house and a husband and a dog and and I wasn't there. Right. And I'm a nester, so you know I, I wanted to go home. Yep. Um, but boy, that job was the job of a lifetime. And I have to thank Carolyn Rutherford for that, Carolyn Rutherford Mayo, because she was she had run the caravan. I did Nebraska Theater Caravan for a couple of years too, back in the late '70s. Anyway. Um, Carolyn was with the production company that did Patsy. So she was the one that, she was basically responsible for me getting hired as the music director. Wonderful. And it was really just a a great experience. I wish I hadn't been so scared. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, Mm -hmm. I just, I remember being really, really scared. And right before Harold Bradley left, he came up to me and he said, I need to tell you something. I thought, Oh God, here it comes. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, C-R-A-P, you know, or whatever. And he put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, and these are his exact words, he went, you're a damn fine music director, don't ever think you're not.
2: <laughs>
1: and I went, oh, thank you. You know, I mean, I was like bowled over. I, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Um, didn't stop me being scared, but it was really nice, and I would remember it when I was really scared. So, yep. you know, anyway, uh, that was a great experience. And then I came back home.
0: And you came back home. Mm-hmm. Lakasha Falls, did you do that obviously, you, you did that before you were staff music director? No, I
1: did it. I did, it was the first thing I did while I was staff music director.:
0: OK. I unfortunately, <laughs> I hear stories no about the show. Me and, and, Joe and never yeah. and I never I never saw it. I never saw it. so. Tell, it was a kick. Yeah, tell me, about, tell me about that experience.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, Carl Beck directed it, and he's just perfect with comedy and that kind of comedy, and and um, and Carl and I had worked together in the caravan, so that was really great, and Jonathan music directed it, Jonathan Cole music directed it, so actually I came back in the middle of Oliver, which was the spring show, fall show, F- must have been the fall show, anyway, I, that's when I took over the job, but um, so I'd done Christmas Carol, and the the last show on the season was Lacage, and Carl had asked me a long time before if I would do it and I said yeah but who's going to music direct it and he said well Jonathan Cole of course so so they we hired Jonathan back on a,
2: right to do it
1: um so it was me and Joe Maloney and and Don Bowler Kirk as 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 the the mother of the bride and who else was in it um, Travis Walker was our son, who's gonna get married.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I oh, and Denise Irvin did the costumes. My God, I I looked like Jane Meadows. I looked like a young Jane Meadows, and I I mean I well, was beautiful. The, well,
0: and there's there's that picture of you when you go up to go into the Hawks. You oh, know when they've got that wraparound, oh, and there's that picture. That's a different view.
1: show. That's oh, that's not that's La Cage. ruthless. That's not oh, i sorry. no, okay. uh, no that. I hate that picture oh, I hate that picture I'm because sorry. I have like eight chins okay I can't stand it no in Lacage I was beautiful okay. I really was in ruthless I was more of a harpy okay and um she was a, as an, an evil she was a, a cartoon caricature much like um Cruella Deville okay okay so um you know that was a lot different and um but all that Lacage experience was just just wonderful yeah. I, I had such a great time and and Joe and I just got on so well I had a great time with him. Mm-hmm. What a sense of humor what mm-hmm. a voice what ah uh, he was one of the funniest people I ever met in my whole life and you know he had this wicked sense of humor but if he liked you, he if anybody came down on you, he would literally go to bat for you. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he'd he'd come right in front of you and and point fingers and say not very nice things to whoever it was that was doing it. You know, he just, he had your back. And um, God, I loved him. I had just a wonderful time with him. I really did.
0: So how has your music direction evolved
1: over the years? Well, I finally realized over the years that that I think I think it was when it's it's a combination of what I all the experiences that I I had all the things that I learned in all the shows that I did you know like in the in the 70s and stuff when I when I really felt inadequate Mm -hmm. and then I went back to school you know and I I learned a lot technically about the piano so I wasn't scared of that anymore. And then I realized from working with people that it was a collaboration, and that's that's what that's what made all the difference. You know, I love the collaborative part of it. Mm-hmm. I love collaborating with directors and choreographers and and um, and and the cast, the the people from the ensemble on, right on up to the leading roles. I, I love to do it. I like to make. I learned that people do their best work when you know, when they know that they're appreciated and when they know that you think that there isn't anybody else that could do that job as well as they're doing it and that you will do anything that you have to do to make them sound absolutely great. If you have to change a key, if you have to, you know, if you have to suggest, now look, you don't, You're not getting up there right and you're going to hurt yourself. So I want you to go see this voice teacher and, you know, we'll give you three or four weeks of lessons. We'll send you for four lessons and it'll help you with your support and all this stuff, you know, stuff like that, you know, um, really helps. And and, and, and also, I have just a really, a, a really abiding affection for all the people that I've Worked with, you know. There's hardly anybody that I, really. There's hardly anybody I don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. I like them. I, I I really do. And and um, I mean, yeah. There have been there have been a few, but that you know. But by and large, I mean, you know. And especially when you're volunteering, you know, you owe those people a lot. They're volunteering. They're they're well. They're making your job possible first of all. And the second thing is. And what I always thought of was this. I owe them the most professional experience that they can possibly have musically. From learning the music to who I hire for the orchestra, because that's their pillow. That's what they're going to fall back on. So it's got to be just as perfect as I can make it. Um, to um, make just making sure that they are absolutely comfortable with every single thing that they're doing, you know, mm-hmm. musically, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and then, you know, our costumers are so magnificent. Our shop is so magnificent. Um, the things that they do, my God, those people are just so incredibly talented and such lovely people. They really are. They're, uh, they're great to work with. And our the directors, and you know, um, for all the time. I mean, you know, I've been through two or three regimes mm-hmm. at, at the Playhouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there isn't anybody that I don't think was just wonderful. Right. Loved absolutely all of them, mm-hmm. and um, and still do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that I think I think one of my of our main jobs is to take those people who are, you know who have that interest in theater or it's or it's their or it's their hobby or whatever you know but they love it they love it and i want to make sure that i give them the best i think i think we can give them the best experience that they're going to that they can possibly get from every aspect from from music to costumes to to sets to direction to um and now more and more different kinds of shows, you know, which is really wonderful, you know, that, um, and also, you know, the game has changed since I started in 96 because there are so many other theaters, mm-hmm. you know, that offer such wonderful work and we're just one of them. So it's, it's more of a challenge to get to, you know, to get volunteers, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think they come back because, they, are, they' they they're truly fulfilled mm-hmm. and and you know a show when you do a show, it's like a family mm-hmm. after a while and you you know and you miss it after it's gone um so there's that part of it too but um i just i really like my job i I really do, and I like having to figure out the best way to make somebody the best that they can be on the stage mm-hmm that's fun Mm -hmm. that's really really fun
0: how do you approach your i want to say concept of a musical so like we'll take ragtime as an example just because and i'm sure you've had this happen where you've done shows more than once
1: that you've done ragtime twice. Right,
0: you've done ragtime twice. Yeah. Are there any other shows that you've done more than once, music directing wise? Ragtime is the one I think of because I know you've done that twice. Yeah. So when you approach Annie,
1: I'll, okay, I'll, I'm about to do Annie. That's and
0: that'll be your second,
1: third, third time I've done third that. Third time, once not here, not at sure. the not at the playoffs, but twice at the Playhouse.
0: So uh, when you so when you sit down to go over the music for a musical. Do you have an idea in your head how the music is laid out and how you want it to sound, and then you collaborate with the director that way? or you know, for example, let's take let's take ragtime because
2: mm-hmm.
0: obviously two different directors mm-hmm. Did you approach the music the same way both times? or was Kimberly's vision you had that with you?
1: Was, there were two completely different shows as right. far as I was concerned, right. And, and I had two completely different casts. Mm-hmm. So you can't approach it in the same way. Right. You know, you just can't. Right. When I did it the second time, I thought to myself, the only way that you can do this right is to assume that you have never done this show before. Because you have never done this particular iteration of this show before. Yes. So you can't. There is. There will be no comparing. Mm-hmm. There will be no... Nothing going on up here right. in your head that says, "Oh well, before we did it that way." Right. I hate, I hate that mm-hmm. that phrase more than anything in the world. When mm-hmm. somebody says, "Well, we did it this way before," and I just look at them and go, "Well, you're not anymore." Right. You know. Right. You did it that way before, and where to get you? Mm-hmm. Nowhere. Mm-hmm. Here's how, here's what we're doing. Sorry. No. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought they were two, certainly two different concepts. Uh, as far as the directors were concerned, but right. both totally valid yes. in their, in their uh, own ways. Mm-hmm. Two different kinds of, of people mm-hmm. directing, you mm-hmm. know, but each just absolutely riveting, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in, in different ways. So right. that was really, really cool. Different choreographers. There's a lot of movement in that show that people don't even suspect because you have to move. It's a huge cast and you have to move right. them around. And... You know, two those were two different, two different people. So you can't approach it the same way. And I had different voices mm-hmm. with different needs. So, so first of all, once once I decided, you know, this is a new show,
2: right. you
1: know, that's what it is. One thing Kimberly wanted to do was put the the orchestra on stage, mm-hmm. and I thought it would be a disaster. And I think it was because I'd never done that before, and mm-hmm. that was part of that that. Well, we never have done it this way before right. you know and um, and it turned out that it was terrific mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it was a great idea and they and they built uh they built a sound cloud yeah, above could, us yeah
0: you could see, yeah you could see that um, that was brilliant that mm-hmm. was
1: that was tim Burkhart and john gibalisco's idea because otherwise we would have completely overwhelmed mm-hmm. the cast but um i had a much younger cast this time around and not quite as experienced as the first time mm-hmm. So what I worked with a lot was, well and then you have to deal with, with time you mm-hmm. know I had to teach that show in a week and two days and then we started blocking and that score is 500 pages long and a lot of it is ensemble and then just as much of it is solos and duets and trios. So you have to first. You have to break it down that way. What do I have to teach? How am I going to teach it? What night am I going to do this? Okay, I have this person that night. So after the ensemble's gone, do I have all three of these people so that I can teach this? You know, and you so you get it figured out. And I knew that there was no way to teach that I would have to start teaching the solo work before we actually started rehearsals. Which I which I often do, mm-hmm. if, especially if it's a great big show. Um, I'll work with people. If they can, you know, Mm -hmm. beforehand Mm -hmm. so that we can get a beat on how we're going to, you know, I need to know what I'm going to have to work with. And if I have to make any adjustments... You know, then I know about it going in, and that's a really good thing.
0: I'll pause you there for one second. When you work with people, do you only work with them at night, or is there the flexibility of working like solo stuff during the day if people's work schedules are flexible? If they want to and they can, Mm -hmm.
1: I'm 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 totally up for it. Mm -hmm. Or on a Saturday, Mm -hmm. you know, on a Saturday Mm -hmm. afternoon or Saturday morning, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you bet. Um, I, I I just get them whenever I can get them, right. and and most of them want to do it. You know, they're like, oh, thank God, because I I thought, how am I going to do this in such a short time? Right. But what you have to remember is, you know, you teach you teach the notes, you teach the notes, and then I, uh, with soloists, I might steer them in a certain way, but I don't tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. I trust them enough that I I think. And I always say to him, the way that you're doing this now is, I bet, not the way you're going to want to do it after you've worked mm. the script for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel differently about this character. You're going to feel about differently about wh- what you're singing about. And, and to me, the lyric is the most important thing in the song. The poetry has to be crystal clear. I, I work a lot on diction. I like to think and I hope that in a show I music direct, you understand every word. Because let me tell you, I, I bitch until I get it, you know, um, and they work hard. They work really hard. But as far as the leads go and, and the, and the uh, supporting parts, anybody who has a solo, you know, I'll lead them in a certain direction. And the, the thrilling thing is that it, that it can change. It can change, you know, because uh, then you start working with the director, and so you're in blocking rehearsals, and, and you think, oh, well, that's, oh, okay, that's interesting. So, like, I'll I'll call him over after rehearsal, and I'll go, okay, well, she just blocked you to do such and such and so and so. Remember when, we, when you sang blah di blah blah What if we did it this way? You know, what if we phrased it this way? What if, you know, we worked it this way and they're like oh that's a cool idea and you know then I'll let them work it you know and I'll go yeah that's let's work with that idea and see what we can do and um so those are those are those are the most fun parts Mm -hmm. they really are Mm -hmm. that first week of just music rehearsal is agonizing because you have to get it all done it's got it has to get done And and if I don't get it done then I'm holding people up and I really hate doing that so but after that's over and we start blocking. That's a ball. Mm-hmm. I love that, and I and I love working with. I, I, it's not that I hate the music rehearsals. I hate that the fact that I have a, a prescribed amount of time, in which to teach it. God, the first time I put that ragtime ensemble together, for the first thing we learned was the opening number, which is thirty pages long. Um, but we learned that, and God, they just knocked me out. And I just thought, we're okay. We're okay. And another thing that has really helped me, and I can't say this enough to to people who are just starting out or want to be music directors or, or conductors or whatever and work with singers, you don't have to know everything. It's okay to look at somebody and go, I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. Let's, you know, let's talk about it, you know. I don't have to know everything. I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have all the answers.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: very, very freeing mm-hmm. when you, and I think that takes growing up a little bit, you know, but it's very freeing when you can finally say, I don't know. That's my answer to you. It's not no, it's not yes, it's I don't know. We'll see. I don't, I don't know. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I I, I learned that. Uh, I, I I learned that in AA. I learned that in 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 um, in life. Um, that's a that's great. I don't want to know everything. Yeah. I, I I I want there to be more to know. You know. Yeah. People who think if you think you know everything, you're stuck. You're stuck in a very small, rigid place. And I don't want to be. I don't want to do that I'm too freaky you know I've always been a a freak you know so (laughs) (laughs) you know and I know that so so the last thing I want to do is get put into one way of doing things you know no well I mean to a certain degree I have to do things you know in a certain order but I have different people to work with every time so it's always different Mm -hmm. that's cool yeah you know and I don't have to know everything but i I better know how to play that score the first day, plus the dance breaks. Holy oh. Ganya, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, so I work a lot on that, you know beforehand, because yeah. you have to know every every note that's sung. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and yeah and also you have to, to the best of your ability, be able to play the score.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I realized very early on that the piano conductor score that they give you is a reduction of the whole orchestra score. So you have to pick what you're going to play, you know, because you a lot of times you can't play everything. Right. You know, like I couldn't possibly for ragtime. Right. You know, I had decide what I was going to play. Um, and then you have to go through and you have to know every note of every part of what those people are going to sing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you have to figure out the rhythms. And sometimes I figure them out wrong because I sometimes I count them wrong. And people point them out to me at rehearsal, and I'll go... Oh my God! Of course, you're right. That's another great part of I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's great. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I used to remember when uh, when I worked for Opera Omaha uh, mm. as a stage manager and Peter Clogg. Oh, I love
1: Peter! God, he was wonderful. Yeah, oh, Peter was
0: awesome. And I remember that when Peter would sit there and would play opera rehearsals, he would always talk about, or they would pick places in the score. Hal would, you know, if, if yeah, you know, with Hal. Um, conducting, and they would pick places, and they would say, okay, well, here's where it's going to be a flute, but this is going to be important, so we're going to... So Peter will play that, right? because it'll be a cue for you, and then you'll hear it, and then just know that, obviously you'll hear it as a flute when it actually comes that's about right. so you do the same that's right. you do the same thing exactly mm-hmm. yeah
1: and i always say to myself i can't wait until that band gets here and i don't have to play all these notes because mm-hmm. once they do get there all i have to worry about basically is rhythm
2: mm-hmm.
1: piano is a rhythm instrument and any solos i that might be written in but right Can I say a word about my orchestra?
0: Yeah, please do. And one of the things I want to ask you is, when do you decide when you sit down with your orchestra which shows you're going to actually play and which ones that you're just going to conduct?
1: I'll tell you what. In all of my time at the Playhouse, I have conducted only just two shows. Okay. Les Mis Mm -hmm. and the first time we did Ragtime. Okay. Everything else I have piano conducted. Um, I love... The stick, I love doing that. Mm-hmm. It's a very powerful thing, you know, mm-hmm. terribly powerful. And so I, 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 you know, I love that. It, it makes me feel like a big boy, but, um, but piano conducting is, it, is, you know, not everybody can do that uh, successfully. It has to, because you, you know, it's I'm conducting with my head. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's also where you put people. My I always have my drummer uh, just to my right. Uh, and the bass man right on the other side so they can see my hands because that's going to give them the beat and then I can lean over the piano and see my brass and then my 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 second keyboard player is always on the left-hand side of me so that she can watch what I'm doing too or he yeah so uh it's it's really important where you put people mm-hmm. um and I you know I know that pit pretty well so mm-hmm. you know
0: so yeah so talk to me about your pit
1: well, I just uh, over the years I have been able to work with some of the best musicians in the world. You know, as far as I'm concerned, and certainly in Omaha, they're just terrific people, mm-hmm. and they're funny, and they're and they're they're funny, and they they like dirty jokes, and then you know we like to have a good time, and and I, I consider them among my dearest friends. You know, and and they keep coming back to work for me, and that's the most important thing. You know we have a good time mm-hmm. you know it's not the most money that you can make you know in Omaha and uh, we you know and I they sub out and that's okay you know mm-hmm. but they don't do it very often and they only do it when it's a gig that's really gonna make them a mm-hmm. lot more dough you mm-hmm. know um, but they're very very faithful to me and they and they're and not just to me but to the playhouse because they like what goes on there and they like the spirit of 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 um of a community that's all pulling together to do the same thing, to achieve the same thing. And they wanna be a part of that. And they don't, they don't get very much time. I get, before Tech Sunday, which is like four days before we open, I get them for two hours on Saturday to go through the show. Now, with some shows I can get through everything. But with Ragtime, we got through an act and a half. And, and then I, I had to let him go.
0: Do you normally have the singers for that, or is it just mm-hmm. you and the musicians? It's not a zitz
1: it's Zitzprobe. Okay. It's, 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 and To tell the truth, Zitzprobes are nice. Personally, I don't see why you do it. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but, but I'm old. Right. What can I say? I'm sure it's a wonderful thing. But uh, um, So I get two hours with them, and then they come back on Sunday night for the second run of the show and we add orchestra and then they're there until the show closes. But a lot changes of course between, I mean, that's an exciting week, you know, mm-hmm. because you add those guys, you know, and then, you know, you get notes every night and you have to refine it and all that stuff, you know, and, and it's really, really fun. But That's I the love, fun
0: part. That's the fun part for me it when, I, when I direct a musical and yeah. that moment when the rest of the, you know, and obviously the shows that I've directed haven't had, as big of orchestras, but it as doesn't you have. matter. But it it's doesn't, just... yeah. It doesn't matter. And You sit there and you hear the percussion come yeah. in and the guitar and stuff, and oh. you just feel like the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and you get the goosebumps, and you're like, "This is it's it, so baby. Cool. It's this so is, cool. It is. It is. It really is. Yeah. It's the, the first best. time you hear the band and everybody together is. the I best. love
1: to watch the looks on that cast face yes. when I look up from that pit and mm-hmm. give that first downbeat for the overture, and and the curtain comes up or whatever and they're all just standing there going "Woo!" you know they're just they're they, they're so excited and they're so psyched by uh by the music you know it's just it's it's so cool It there's nothing else like it yeah. it's it's very exciting and um i anyway i just can't say enough about about the people who play the shows uh for me in the pit because as i said before i think they're they're the pillow that we all have to fall back on you know we're the, we're the safety net, you know, it's always going to be the same. So you're always going to know that it is the same. And now I, I, you know, I, I, and these guys don't send me subs that they don't think can do the job. Right. You know, I, I get, I get the best of the best and I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy about that, but they love, they love what we do and, um, and they love working they love working for the Playhouse, and I think that's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I I, love that. Yeah. It's great. You know, what, what a play is Jeez, Cheese, so, oh, Pete. <laughs>
0: so how do you prep a score when you get it?
1: I sit down and learn it.
0: How many hours a day do you work
1: on uh, When I on get that? the score?
0: Mm-hmm. I'm assuming is that what you do a lot of time during the day what's a what's a mm-hmm. typical day for you as a music director since you work at the playhouse what's... well
1: let's a, a lot of uh, a lot of my time is unstructured it's up it's up to me sure to do it you know mm-hmm. I have to you know there are a certain amount of meetings and stuff that I have to go to but right. I really hate going to an office and mm-hmm. and and that's one reason that I'm in the job that I'm in mm-hmm. uh, it's that's an act of God yeah. because I would be really unpleasant in an office but but I I love those people who are who are in the administrative section um they're they're wonderful people but so what was your question you said
0: so in in a typical day well I asked you how you oh, prep okay. your script and stuff
1: okay well, and like, you
0: said play the music so when you, so I'm assuming that
1: well I have to wait till you, I have to wait till I get the score right you know right. and whenever that is however much time it is before the the first music rehearsal, I plan out how much a day I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what you do is you learn uh, let's say it, let's say it's ragtime. Sure, okay. Um, I learn the first 100 pages, the first day. and then the next day I add 50 more, and then I go back and review the first 100 and add the 50. So that I've got 150, and that so that's a 500-page score. So that takes five or six days to get the whole thing through. And and each day you're going, you're you're working a little bit longer because you're reviewing more stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then also each day, <clears throat> it's not just the piano part. You also look at the vocals, so that you don't have to go back and learn that part from the beginning. You try to learn it. Uh, in a line like that uh but then you just keep reviewing it because there there are things you're gonna get right away Mm -hmm. and there are are things that I'm gonna go my god I'm gonna need another hand sprouting out of my head to be able to play this and and that takes some work you know I usually work on a score about I'd say three, three weeks to a month probably uh anywhere from anywhere from two hours a day to four hours a day Mm -hmm. depending on what part of it I'm in Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Uh, once rehearsals start I always go over everything that I'm going to teach that night and make sure that that is absolutely as letter perfect as I can make it go in and teach it then the next day we have that and then there's always a review Mm -hmm. so you want to make sure that you get that in and then uh, then it's uh, once you start blocking you want to make sure that's when I try to get really familiar with the script so that I know how much time I've got between things in ragtime there's hardly any time you play all the time that's another one of my favorite things is underscoring i mm-hmm. lo- i love underscoring and then you you know you put it you put it together with with what's what's being blocked and but anyway i i look at the i look at the day's schedule and i think okay well they're going to block this and this and this and this so this has to be absolutely uh, in top shape you know Mm-hmm. As good as I can play it mm-hmm. before I go in mm-hmm. um so that's what I do, and then before you know it, it's time to open yeah you know so
0: how long after a show closes, does the soundtrack leave your head
1: <laughs> almost immediately really yeah yeah was I, it
0: has it always been that way or no, has that no, that not that happens over over time and it I ask because time. I mean and like I said, you know when I yeah. direct a musical sometimes it'll take me like Two weeks or so to, like, get it out of my head. Oh, there's know? always something in my head
1: yeah. f- from something, right. you know. Right. But I don't always listen to a lot of musicals. I have mm-hmm. a pretty broad taste in music. So, mm-hmm. um, like, for instance, I just went to hear a piano recital, do a piano recital at the conservatory a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they played some Ludoslowski, who I didn't know very well. And I was fell in love with that piece, so... I just Amazon ordered like all this Ludoslavsky stuff, and so I've been into that for the last couple of weeks. But um, I it used to be that I would I would get very emotional when a show closed. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Now it seems to me that when it's time to close, it's time to close. Right. And the one of the one of the one of the, bea- one of the, bea- one of the beauteous things about theater is that it's ephemeral. It it is it comes and it goes, you know. And then you go tell another story
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that you're not always telling the same story. And that's really, really cool. I, there are certain people that I miss mm-hmm. a lot more than I miss any given show. Sure. At the, at, the end of, at the end of the day, I just like to think at the end of the last show, I always just look at the orchestra and say, ladies and gentlemen, you are magnificent and thank you for helping us tell this story because you without you we couldn't do it you know mm-hmm. and i and i say the same thing to the cast i go my god look at the work that they do look at the time that they give the things they give up to be able to to do a show you know mm-hmm. it's a lot mm-hmm. it's a lot to ask and and they are so willing and so able
2: mm-hmm. to
1: do what what the work is before them to do i have just never ending respect for those people mm-hmm. they're magnificent
0: is there any show that you haven't music directed that you would like to do you have like a bucket list of shows that you haven't done
1: I want to do the prom really bad because I, I saw that in New York last year and I absolutely loved it I would love to do come from away mm. I would love to to conduct dear Evan Hansen sometime you know, and I'll tell you what I'd re- really, in the back of my mind, what I'd really like to do. I'd like to do Porgy and Bess. Mm. I would love to conduct Porgy and Bess, and then I think that I w- was
0: the first musical I ever saw, and I saw it at the Orpheum, and oh my gosh, my mom took me to, it and we were up in the Grand Tier, and that was the ve- I think that was the. I'll very I bet I saw first, the same production. Yeah, I think it was the very. F- I think that was the very very first live musical theater piece that I saw, and I think that was one of the things that made me fall in love with the theater was that. Mm-hmm. But my mom used to take me to all of that right, stuff. Right,
1: right. It was one of the first movie musicals that I saw, the 1958 musical with Dorothy Dandridge. My mother took me to it. So it was, I, I, and I love Gershwin. But I'd like to conduct a symphony orchestra mm. someday, mm-hmm. you know, just as like, just for one thing. You know, you don't have to hire me, you know, forever. But right. you know, I'd really like to, I'd really like to be able to do that. You know, that that'd be really, really cool. <laughs> you know, and and that's just, it'd just be trippy. I I can't imagine what it would be like. I bet it would be a blast. But but you know, some of the orchestras that I conducted have been, you know, fourteen, fifteen musicians, and mm-hmm. and uh, it was pretty cool. <laughs> I sure yeah. liked it. Yeah. I sure the bigger the better. I, yeah. I love big orchestras and I love I love big musicals and I like I like Pretty Girls in Great Big Hats and you know stuff like that. I'm just oh god I'm am so, just so so dizzy, you know?
2: <laughs> no.
0: I tell you, I would love to see somebody do Big River again. That's a musical that I absolutely love. I love
1: <laughs> it. <laughs> I did a 6-month bus and truck of that show. And by the time I got done with that and it, there were one night stands so it's six months on a bus right. across the country. I hated that show so much, <laughs> <laughs> I could have died. And I, I'm telling you, I'm I tell- guess I won't see that on the no, no no, stage no, 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 no. It's not that. I, <laughs> no, I, now I, I do it. Now yeah. I do it. Yeah. But I, it was ten years before oh, I could yeah. listen to it again. I bet. You know, I bet. or or even hear the n- name mentioned. Yeah. you know, and I didn't have a bad time on that right. tour. I've just had enough of it. you Right, know? oh yeah. But I'd do it again now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's got some really good stuff in it. Yeah, it does. Although I will say that the only reason that they won Best Musical, it, what it did was because it was the only Best Musical that there was. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only thing that was nominated.
0: Oh wow!
1: That was the that was the year that there was just like no everything. It was the only one that was still open. Everything else had closed. Everything else was a flop. Wow. And Big River ran. So they gave they it a Tony. It. Yeah. <laughs> You know, But it's not a bad score. Yeah. And it's it's a pretty good script. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And, and and you know, it has its it has its charm. Yeah. Do <laughs> you like that kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are other shows I really do dislike yeah. that I've that I've done, but not not very many.
0: Yeah. What's your favorite color? Red. Ooh, that's good. I love red. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I gotta have me a big red truck or I'm not happy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Outside of theater, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do outside of your day job?
1: I love to read. Love to read. I love animals, so I love to spend time with my dog, with Shorty. And I, I love to travel and i've been very fortunate to go to a lot of different places over the years and uh sometimes on my own sometimes with rick but um uh yeah i love i love to travel but see even more i love to come home mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> for me you know after about a week i just go okay i saw it yeah no oh, yeah. let's come home yeah. Let's come home. I wonder well, how's my dog doing. You know, yeah. are they are they really dog sitting as they said they would? <laughs> What's going on here? You know, I don't know. Yeah. It comes from being in a big Catholic family, I guess.
0: Yeah. Is there any place besides Omaha that you would like to settle? I mean, if you couldn't live in Omaha, is there any place else that you've been to that you're like I could see nesting here?
1: Venice, Italy. Mm. I could see living in Venice. I could see living in. London. I love those places. As far as America, not L.A. Oh, God, I hate L.A. I hate it. I don't think... I could live in upstate New York, you know, and go into the city, but mm-hmm. I don't think I could live in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it It's a little much for me after a while, mm-hmm. you know, although I love it, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I'm always glad when I get to leave. <laughs> so, you know,
0: no. And I, yeah, and I can understand that. I, I <coughs> had the opportunity years and years and years ago to actually do a show in New York. Mm. And that was my first time going there. Oh, so cool. It was great because I got you. And because I was on somebody else's dime, and I was there for about six weeks, I got to learn a lot about Manhattan. And, you know, and so I did some touristy things, but you know, it was fun. Awesome. But by the end of that six weeks, I realized yeah, I'm too much of a Midwestern girl. I'm too much of a Nebraska girl. New York's a great place to visit, but I couldn't live there. After a while, I was like... Okay, I'm getting a little tired of having to be down at the subway like a half hour earlier just to uh-huh. make sure that I catch it so I can get to rehearsal on right, time. It right. was that kind of stuff that it was like
1: just everything's harder to yeah, do.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just harder, you know. Yeah, harder to exactly. you you, know, you got to plan it out so mm-hmm. that you don't you know, you don't want to miss the curtain. Right. If you're if you paid to see a a show, so right. you want to make sure you get there and Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's and if you're going to go see anybody, you know, it's not just you don't just call somebody up and go, "Hey, why don't you come over?"
2: Right. You know,
1: you really have to make plans mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. it. I, I think that's probably my my least favorite part. Yeah, of it. I agree. But I do love, I, I do love the city. Mm-hmm. It's it's really wonderful, and I admire anybody who can live there all the time, especially actors. I agree. Who don't make very much money and who have to do so many different things to try to make it. You know, for mm-hmm. everyone that you see on. In a show on Broadway, there are literally, literally thousands trying to do the same mm-hmm. thing. It's got to be so I saw, hard.
0: I think I saw, I read, read somewhere, and this was years and years and years ago, that they said if you're going to make the trip to New York to go and try and do it, that you really need to have like a year's worth of salary saved mm-hmm. up yeah, so that you can spend your whole time just auditioning so audition. and getting your foot in the door, as opposed to right. going out there and waiting tables or doing whatever. Well, and how long job. is it
1: going to You know, and and if you do that, maybe I mean you're going to have to get a side job. At least you can sort of pick and choose what you want to do. Right. You know, you mm-hmm. don't you don't have to do the worst thing in the world right mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I think it's a real good idea to 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 save. And go, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that sure wasn't me when I was of the age when I would do such a thing. You know, I didn't know how to save a penny, but yeah, you're real smart if you do that. And I know, I know people who've gone out there who've just been really smart about it. Mm -hmm. And, and they've said to themselves, I want to do this because I I want to do it. I just want to live in New York. I don't know for how long. I want to audition. I want to see how far I can get. Mm-hmm. You know? But it isn't the be-all and end-all. I, I think to want a life that's solely the theater, you have to realize that the theater is a lot more than New York and, I don't know, L.A. and Chicago. It's every place, you know? If you want to make a, if you want to, if you want to work, make a living in theater, and if you want to work in theater all the time, I think that you have to realize that you can do good work no matter where you are. Good work is being done everywhere, you know, and it isn't all about one place, you know. That whole star thing is uh, is kind of BS, you know. It really is, and. Uh, I mean, sure, you know it's 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 great to get I imagine it's it's wonderful to get in a Broadway show. but I know lots of incredibly talented people that never have worked on Broadway, you know they've they've worked a lot of other places, mm-hmm. but they you know, they moved to New York and then they got work outside of New York, and that's where they work, but they mm-hmm. live in New York.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you know um,
0: well and I can't tell you how many times that I've been involved with shows in some capacity or another, where I hear patrons saying, and I'm sure you hear this too, patrons saying, this is as good as anything I've seen on Broadway.
1: I tend to always take that with a grain of salt. Right. I, I, I really do. But in some cases, I think it's true. You know? Mm-hmm. In some cases, I've, I've seen things that I've thought to myself, this is among the best the best theater I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's others that I think, mm-hmm. Well, we tried, you know, <laughs> and knows we gave it our best shot. But, but you know, uh, uh, really, by and large, there, there are very, very few, very, very few shows that I've done that haven't had at least one thing that it was its saving grace, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or and usually I just like the whole thing, you know. I think there's only been like two shows ever in my whole life that I really hated doing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. neither one of them were at the Playhouse. Neither one, Mm -hmm. you know. So that was, you don't know what they were? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Okay, I hope I don't, you know a bunch of people off I hate the Robert Bridegroom so much I can't even begin to tell you how much I hate it it is not a musical it is about where five barrels and four pieces of wood move throughout the, the evening it is about nothing else and I hate it and I hate the book that it comes from I hate it okay so there's that there's that what's the other one that I absolutely hate Carnival I hate that show it, it it just makes... It's like eating too many Snickers bars and then barfing. It's so <laughs> grossly sweet. I just can't stand it. I hate it. <laughs> Those two shows. Next season on the Omaha <laughs> <laughs>
2: I had, I I'm interviewing
0: Kimberly tomorrow. I can't wait. Like Kimberly, I've got some ideas for future seasons.
1: Bogus really wants to do Bogus Robert really Bride wants
0: group. To do bribe, He's only
1: done it three times and almost and died. Then,
0: and then let's juxtapose it
1: with carnival. Yeah. I know not everybody does it, but gee, it's a great show. <laughs> Oh, if you did that to me, I'd stalk you. I'd stalk you down and I'd I'd hurt you. (laughs) Not bad, but I'd hurt hurt you. you. I'd hit you with my purse or something.
0: (laughs) Do you ever have the desire to go back on stage?
1: (sighs) I did a one-man show about six, seven years ago, I guess. I can't remember when it was. No, it was 10 10 years ago that I wrote myself. And some of the songs were original. I wrote them myself and others weren't. Anyway, uh, and I had a ball doing that show. But I did it for as long as I wanted to. And then when I was tired of it, I didn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, people always t- say to me, oh, why don't you do another one of those? And I go, well, you know, you d- unless I have something to say, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that, you know. Right. Um, I, you know, if I did go back on stage, I would like to do just a straight play. I'd like to do a straight play. I'd like to try that. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't think I've done a. St- well, even when I was a working actor, I didn't. I didn't do very many straight plays, and I never had much of a part in them. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it wasn't like I. God, could I memorize lines anymore? I have no <laughs> idea. But um, yeah, I'd do it. You know, I'd do it. But I would only do it as a lark. Mm-hmm. You know, i I would just to see if I could still. Sure. If I could still do it because I don't think I was too bad, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know I probably wasn't too good either, but i I wasn't bad. I've seen worse
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is there anything else you want to talk
2: about? No. No. <laughs> Uh, Jim no, not, not, not anything that you
1: can broadcast, honey.
0: Oh my God, Jim boggs thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh, I've just had a ball talking to
1: you. This has been ever so much fun.
0: Thank you for listening to the Thank You Five podcast with original theme music by Tim Valier. For more information about tonight's guest, please visit www.thankyou5pod.com. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Google Play to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And remember that right now, somewhere in the world, a stage manager is saying, five minutes to curtain. Thank you, five. Thank you, five. Thank you, five.
2: Thank you, five. Thank you, five. That's theater talk.